fly, eagles fly on the road to victory. Fight, 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 eagles fight. Score a touchdown. One, two, one, two, three. Hit them low, hit them high, and watch our eagles fly. Fly, eagles fly on the road to victory. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Welcome to episode 47 of All Small Takes. We are here on the same Thursday night. If you listened to our last episode, Super Bowl special, Philly special podcast, where we discuss all things Super Bowl. If you have not checked it out, go back, give it a listen. Um, some great stuff in there, including yours truly serenading our listeners and John and Cooper here who are with me again, still going on like an hour of podcasting. Guys, how are we hanging in there? We're good. We're good. Cooper has Cooper's tweeting has fallen off a lot. Mm, that's true. I was on fire for the first like five minutes of our Super it's Bowl. It's hard. Club. Creating content. Yeah, I know. I've only like upped our Instagram followers by about like twenty, and wait, our followers think... or who we are following? Followers. We have like twenty additional followers on Instagram right now. Who? Yeah. Well, I don't know. that's what happens when you start following a lot of people. Cooper paid people. I did not pay anyone. <laughs> I had the had... click, click farms working. Yep. <laughs> you know better than that. I have no money to be doing that. <laughs> so yeah, Cooper is uh is now in charge of our social media. Apparently, it's it's uh. We're rapidly increasing our followers our reach, and yeah. yeah, reach. Heads uh, up, though, the Boston Celtics are extremely annoying in terms um, of like Twitter specifically. Oh yeah, just obnoxious. Um, I disagree. Like you don't have to tweet every single time you score. Like I don't need a little <laughs> five second like highlight of that. Sounds like someone's just jealous of the best team in the East, which is a nice segue into. Well, do we want to talk? Well. Yeah, Cooper's not happy <laughs> at all. But we uh, the reason we broke this podcast into two is because as we were planning to record this episode today on Thursday, the NBA world went a little bananas on us. It was the trade deadline this afternoon, and the Cleveland Cavaliers completely reshaped their roster, uh, made some, more than some, they made three very impactful moves trades that uh reshuffled the deck on a team that had been struggling so i think cooper is going to take us through each one of those and kind of break down what pieces went where because quite honestly i don't even know if i can keep it straight at this point uh but first i want to hear from you and john too is this reset a good thing for the calves and like what is the, the do you think it has the potential to actually reset the calves and put them back on a trajectory to make a four straight finals I'm going to let John go first since he doesn't. He's just going to make something up on the fly. So, so John, we love, you. Go. we love you for it, John. Oh, really? Okay. Well, thanks, guys. <clears throat> Here I am on Instagram looking at photos of someone's three-month birthday, and I get thrown under the bus for it. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> the Cavs have been bad, I think everyone can agree with that. I mean, they're still one of the five best teams in the NBA. Sorry, NBA Eastern Conference. My bad. Um, but 
I don't know. They needed change. I thought they should fire Tyron Lue, uh, but instead they decided to fire most of their players and get new ones. Maybe LeBron likes these guys more than the last set of guys who he kept around for some inexplicable reason ever since he got to Cleveland. I don't really know why Chumpert stayed on the team as long as he did or got paid all the money he did. So I think it's good. I think it was a good change. I think they, the, it was a change that needed to happen. Did they get enough people to be able to consistently beat Boston? No. This team is nowhere near as good as the Celtics, but it doesn't need to be. It needs to be good enough to beat the Celtics four times out of seven. And I think, again, with LeBron James, anything can happen. And if you give him younger guys that can maybe eat up more minutes and run up and down the floor a bit more than the uh, other guys can, although like George Hill is like 31 or something, right? So anyway, but anyway, I don't know. It, it, it keeps them in the conversation, which is all they needed to do. And it gives them a, it maybe gives them something else to talk about besides how much they dislike each other. So that was positive. It doesn't, I, they're not going to win the Eastern Conference with these guys, but that doesn't matter. They need to win the Eastern Conference championship, not win the regular season title. So, um, I just like to say that you nailed George Hill's age on the head. He's 31. Thanks. That was impressive. I try. I, I do my research. Former Pacer great, George Hill. Uh, Cooper, yeah. you agree with John's assessment? <laughs> I don't even know. I just want to know what my time limit is to like talk about this. Um, There's none. So in Kobe Altman's attempt to make NBA 2K a real-life thing, I actually think he did a pretty good job. So um, he made the Cavs a lot younger, a lot faster, which is going to help them out defensively. It takes away a lot of their offensive spacing, which I didn't necessarily like. But then again, I think the Cavs, to have any success, I think are going to have to like resort to kind of like a physical, more like bully ball type of play, um, which is kind of what they've gotten away from in this horrible losing streak. And so this, I think these young pieces allow them to do that. I think more importantly, it sets them up to get the most out of LeBron. Looking specifically at that 2015 roster, which LeBron took to the finals and took the Warriors to six games, you know, pre Durant, but still, uh, you know, he's working with a team of Del Vadova, J.R. Smith, Shumpert, no love, no Kyrie, uh, Tristan Thompson, like all these like unproven guys, you know, who hadn't really done anything on the big stage weren't, you know, LeBron thought the process was going to be much longer. And I think LeBron looks, you know, he likes the process. I think he is energized by it. And you know, I've said that I said that last week that LeBron looks like a guy who is going to leave. And so I hope that this gets more out of LeBron. Um and he gets more I don't know, he gets a little excited to play with these guys and kind of coach these guys to a spot where they need to be. So I think this this could be really good for the Cavs, probably for that reason alone. Okay, so we'll switch gears a little bit or put this a different way. Which trade surprised you the most of the three? And why don't we go through the three trades in case anyone like me couldn't keep up like there was a trade i actually didn't even realize maybe the like the the most complex trade of the three the three-way deal that happened i didn't even know it actually happened until we got on tonight to record this because i was so caught up in the other two so um the three trades cooper since you're closest to it i got you all right so the first trade that happened was the uh Cavs and the lakers trade so the Cavs uh sent off isaiah fry and their own first round pick so not the nets first round pick to the Lakers in return, they got Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr. Um, so that was trade one. Trade two, 
uh, and it was a three-team, a lot of players, six-player trade. So um, George Hill and Rodney Hood got sent to the Cavs. Jay Crowder and Derek Rose to the Jazz. Joe Johnson and Shumpert to the Kings. And then the final one wasn't really a trade at all. That was just shipping Dwayne Wade off to Miami for like a 2024 second round super protected pick that's ultimately going to be Miami's. So Okay. So which one of those is most surprising to you? Which one means the most to the Cavs? Tough question. I'm good at asking tough questions. All right. So the Cavs-Lakers one was super surprising to me. I mean, I still... I like the deal, but I wouldn't necessarily like give the Cavs an A-plus in this trade because they ate contracts pretty bad. So Jordan Clarkson has like a three-year, $25 million contract left. And Larry Nance Jr., I think, is still on like his rookie pay scale. But that Jordan Clarkson contract's pretty ugly. And so I would have thought shipping off Isaiah Thomas and Channing Fry, who both have uh, expiring contracts, would have been enough for the Lakers because you know Lakers want to get to a point where they can afford two max players. Like that was the whole goal, I think, of this move here. Um, and so I would have thought that the Cavs could have held on to their own first. Because that would have then given them some flexibility to move to Brooklyn first, right? Because you can't trade both first-round picks because the Nets ruined that for everyone with their awful deal with the Celtics or the NBA put in that rule. Wait, is that? Oh, yeah, I guess that is. Where right. you can't trade in trade consecutive picks, right? So no, I would have liked to see the Cavs work to hold. Like, I wish they would have held on to that pick because I think it would have allowed them to do something creative uh, with the Nets pick and maybe package it. With like, I was really looking for the Cavs to offload Thompson here, in this deadline, you know, but they didn't do it. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's a horrible deal for the Cavs. I still think it worked out well for them, but uh, I guess that part kind of surprised me. Most surprising trade for me was the trade the Celtics didn't make because, like, this so their offense is in like it's ranked like twenty seventh or something in the league in terms of it's like points per possession or something or. It's like 104 points per 100 possessions. And like their team is so good that that is that's going to matter because they they have a huge chance to make it to the finals where it's all about efficiency playing the Golden State Warriors and all they needed they needed to pick up one offensive guy like maybe Tyreek um and then maybe be able to step on everyone's throat and and win win uh win, win the finals this year, but they just decided to stay stand pat. Which is, well, they, they, to their credit, they different. went out and got Greg Monroe. So they, oh, they, they did. Got, I thought they didn't make any trades. No, they went. They they uh Greg Monroe was he they waived? Signed, he was waived. Oh, that was they beforehand. Made yeah. that contract official yet? I'm yeah. assuming they did today. They did, uh, but I know for a while they were stalling on making that contract. And I don't official. think Greg Monroe is like the difference maker for the Celtics by no means. But he's a very he's a he's an upgrade over I forget the guy who's the, the uh, Baines who they have playing the five right now keeps them from having to put Horford at the five where he's outsized and overmatched in a lot of cases. So I th- I don't know I don't think the Celtics needed to necessarily like make a huge splash or even like a, go out and get like a decent even a decent scorer like a wing guy. I think I think they're in okay shape. Um, but back to what Cooper was saying about the Lakers wanting to free up cap space. And there's a potential that the Cavs just helped the Lakers woo LeBron away from Cleveland. Isn't that? Yeah, it'll be interesting. So I still don't think LeBron's ever going to the Lakers because I don't see how LeBron clashes with LeVar Ball. Like, I just don't see it happening. And I don't see how that is overlooked 
by seemingly everyone. Like no one seems to mention the fact that Lavar Lavar wants to, you know, run that team. Lavar's been pretty um, quiet like the last two months though. He's kind of like, I mean, like last two weeks he's from been the quiet. radar. Um, he's over in Lithuania. Yeah, maybe that was like. I don't know. Long thought plan by Magic. Maybe LeBron's get, team is like the shadow get LeVar, yeah. for that the Lithuanian team. Get him out of the country. LeBron's um, the angel investor. Yeah, so they didn't necessarily free up enough space to afford two max contracts. I think leaguing next year, they'll have around $55 million in cap space, which gives them one max and another Kevin Durant contract. So, I don't know. It's possible. I still don't see LeBron going there. That just doesn't... I, doesn't make sense to me but everyone else seems to like it so no oh, the media is obsessed with it i know they are i just think the move for lebron it's either it's he's staying in cleveland he's going to houston to team up with chris paul and james Harden, or he's going to look at someone in the east who we like haven't really thought of either the bucks because he likes Giannis a lot or the sixers because he loves simmons um you, you have john's attention yeah. yeah, I mean, and then there's always the move where LeBron just goes to a team and is like, "Hey, like, clear your books. Like, we're signing like three players. You know, Putting the banana boat together, together for real." Yeah, yeah, because Melo will be a free agent, PG will be a free agent. So, what about the I, I the D Wade one was the most surprising to me, even though it was probably the least like meaningful to the Cavs. Do you think that was like a mutual decision yes. between the two or D-Wade was just it like, It has hey. to be. Yeah. It has to be, right? Because, I mean, Wade was actually, he was impactful for the Cavs. Like, he was playing 18 minutes, which is like his lowest he's ever played in his career. But I think it has to be mutual because I don't think the Cavs just ship him off for nothing. You know, and apparently they got LeBron's consent on the trade. And so I think it's just getting him back in Miami where, you know, he should end his career. It's kind of fitting. I just think uh, the most important part of this trade is it removes all the alphas from the locker room, which I think matters a lot. I don't think watching Isaiah and LeBron on the floor at the same time offensively was one of the most like disgusting things in basketball because they didn't know how to play together because they both want the ball in their hands for 20 out of the 24-second shot clock. Uh, and Derek Rose is kind of the same way. So it's like Wade. Wade works out of that like mid-post area. And so you're just feeding him the ball and giving him 10 seconds to go to work and do a fadeaway jump shot. And so... I think that was a big part of the plan as well. You're telling me that Kevin Love isn't an alpha? I think Kevin, so I, I give Kevin Love a lot of crap, but I think he, I give also give him a lot of credit for sticking around and just kind of like oh, yeah. head, head down, minding his yes. own business for the most part. And yeah. just like, no, it takes a lot to not clash with LeBron, yeah. I think, especially with, if you're someone, you know, Kevin Love's talent. Yeah. Uh, okay, John. Sorry. Uh, what I was going to ask you was the Sixers were also pretty quiet. I think did they make any moves here at the deadline? None that I'm aware of. Yeah. Did you think they needed to go out and make a move? I guess is the question then. I mean, like we're we've been holding pretty steady at the back end of the playoff picture. And, are you in the eight right now? Yeah, I think we're eight right now. Um, and are we've been as high as I think I want to say five for like, um, and we've been as low as like. 10 and like it's really started to stratify now with like the pistons going to get blake they're obviously going to be making a push and maybe with the heat getting d wade back and the pacers haven't really done anything but it's like that those uh four teams and like if the if the bucks fall back maybe the bucks too but really the heat the sixers the pistons and the pacers are all going to be competing for three playoff spots and like 
the Pistons got better. Maybe the Heat got better. The Pacers didn't really do anything, but they've been pretty good all year, and the Sixers didn't really do anything. So I don't know. I don't think they needed to do anything because I think there's still that one spot left, but it'd be nice if, like, Simmons and Embiid and, like, one other guy started playing consistently great together. Like, a lot of people think Saric might finally make, like, a leap to being a consistent guy, but he hasn't really done it yet. And there's really not many people behind him, especially with J.J. Redick injured. So, I don't know. It would have been neat to have them pick someone up. I think they were talking about getting Tyreek also from Grizzlies or wherever on earth he is. I love uh, how you don't know this guy's last name. And you're calling him I do know his last person. name. It's just I forgot it, and so I'm not Tyreek Evans. Tyreek Evans. I thought it was uh, Evans. Yeah, Tyreek Evans plays on the Grizzlies. Did not know that. Yeah. So, like, the, the Celtics, the Sixers, the Pistons, and I don't know, one other team were all supposed to be going after him for his offensive production. And had the Sixers gotten him, that would have helped a lot because one of our biggest issues they've had is holding on to leads in the fourth quarter this year. I was watching a, the, them play the Heat like uh, maybe a week ago, and they were they had a twenty five point lead that disappeared in like two minutes. Wait, was that the game that Embiid blocks on? No, that was the Friday night game. Ah, uh, Embiid only had blocked <laughs> one shot, by the way. Well, Easy. <laughs> child's play child's play but i like i mean like the the lead just disappeared because there was like no one on the floor to hold it because everyone was rotated out and they like they need one more guy and especially guy that maybe has a bit more like experience that could do that and i think jj reddick was supposed to be that and he's not that right now because he's hurt so it would have been nice but who knows what will actually matter come june in the eastern conference okay there were a couple other trades like the knicks got uh Moutier. I'm not even sure I know who that is. Yeah. Bingo. Manuel Moutier. Yeah, um, he was one of the top picks a couple years ago. He stinks. I don't know. I don't think any other picks were. I mean, any other trades were meaningful. It was really just well, the Knicks. blowing up their whole team. Yeah. And then the Knicks losing Porzingis is just brutal. And John is like a Sixers fan. Like, the whole, like whenever you see a big man with the kind of mobility and like this that sort of stretch five, stretch four, like that has to be your deepest fear. A well, guy I, like I don't Embiid know. Or, they're kind of in the same category of fragile big men. Like, there's just not a great track record there. I don't mean, I by no means I'm trying to jinx this because I really like Embiid as a person, as a player, but that's always the fear, right? I mean, Giannis is the next one in line of the of like the unicorns that hasn't been injured yet. Uh, well, and he came in injured and then got injured again. He's not on LeBron's team. Uh, that yeah, make a, uh, I mean, neither the is of LeBron's All Star team and. And beats neither is Joel. So. Isn't he? No, he's on <laughs> team stuff. Well, which is he on team? Cooper oh yeah, team he is. He's on team me. I got him. Yeah, team Cooper. He got the <laughs> bonus pick for picking him. Remember? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, no, he's on stuff, so he's safe. But everyone else on team LeBron should watch out. Yeah. yeah. Sheesh. This is now the uh, fourth player. All right. Do we want to do a segment then on the uh, the NBA trade deadline, uh, which really covered it. I think we covered it. I think we covered it, right? Yeah. yeah unless yeah. you're like, is that yay, nay on the segment, John? It's up to you. Oh gosh, decisions. Let's do nay because I I know you guys both want to talk about college football recruiting. No, it's and been... we skipped the NFL stuff at the time. Oh, we, oh, we skipped the NFL stuff. Let's do the NFL stuff. Let's do the NFL stuff. Darn, college recruiting will have to wait. I have I have breaking news in the NFL. It looks like the Eagles quarterback coach is going to leave us and go become the OC at 
the Vikings, which is devastating. Rats. Uh, devastating news for the city of Philadelphia. <laughs> just, yeah. just terrible on the heels of what was the parade? Like, however many million people showed up to the parade today. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we could talk about the NFL real quick. Non Super Bowl NFL storylines. So we haven't talked yet about the uh, Washington trading for Alex Smith, uh, which I think the Chiefs got absolutely the better end of this deal. I don't know what you guys you guys can weigh in here too, but I forget the name of the guy the Redskins traded to Kansas City. This is bad. Oh, the cornerback, Josh Norman. Norman. No, it was not Josh Norman. That was at one point a rumor, but they they got they got a guy who has more upside than Alex Smith, whereas Washington got a, in my opinion, a worse Kirk Cousins. Do you guys think that Alex Smith is an upgrade over Kirk Cousins? Like, do you think he gives them a better chance to compete in the NFC East? Well, I think the first thing to remember is that Kirk Cousins is not under contract right now. So the Washington Redskins actually went from not having a quarterback to having Alex Smith as a quarterback. But they gave Alex Which Smith a, bad huge, move. a humongous contract. Yeah, they did. Huge. They gave him a humongous contract. But that's, again, it's the Washington Redskins. And it's not as humongous as it could have been. We could be talking about Alex Smith as what the NFL player with the third highest guaranteed money in the NFL right now. Is that what Jimmy Garoppolo got today? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, but we're not with good reason. I think the, 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 the bigger storyline is how badly the Redskins treated Kirk Cousins to where they got to the point where they had to throw all this money at Alex Smith to have a quarterback. <laughs> and given the hole they dug themselves into, this is not the worst way they could have gotten out of it. But I mean, that's the thing, right? They could franchise tag Cousins, and Cousins doesn't have a choice in the matter. They did. They, they could put the yeah, franchise they, tag on they'd him. Paying, no, they did last him more. season. They can do it again. They did it yeah, the last I mean, two so seasons. You pay Cousins they did it the last two seasons. So you pay Cousins, right? You can only do it three seasons in a row. Yeah, this would have been his last. This, If they would have done it this season, this upcoming one. So what? I think the franchise tag for the quarterback I read somewhere is like going to be like 25. And so you're paying Alex Smith 22. Like you signed Alex Smith to a huge extension. I When I first saw this trade, I was like, okay, made, like they're getting rid of Cousins because they think Cousins is going to demand a lot on the open market and they don't want to pay that. And then I read that contract extension that Alex Smith signed. Uh, and then that's when I you know, kind of laughed at this trade because Kirk Cousins is undoubtedly the better quarterback. And if you're going to pay Alex Smith that money, why not pay a little bit more for the better quarterback? I mean, you look at that team that the Redskins, like the best receiver on that team is a tight end who plays maybe four games a season and Terrell Pryor who played quarterback in college. And Kirk Cousins is still probably a top five quarterback in the league. Oh, that's that's not true. I think it's. I mean, you look at him play; he does a lot of things well. You put him on a team who actually has wide receivers and actually, like, I don't know, can run the ball and has a decent offensive line. I think Kirk Cousins is going to do extremely well. I think he's a good quarterback, but I don't think that he has displayed anything at all ever that would indicate that he is a top five quarterback in the NFL. I think he and Alex Smith are very much the same guy. The difference is Alex Smith had way higher expectations when he came out and Kirk Cousins had none. And so Kirk Cousins has played up, which is good. And Alex Smith has never panned out the way people wanted him to. But 
I think in what uh, Kirk Cousins is twenty nine. Let's see if John and, and guess the age again. Yeah. And Kirk Cousins is like 29 and Alex Smith is like 34 or 35. Gosh, you were right again. Are those Kirk right? Cousins 29. Kirk Cousins is 29. Okay. So I think if you give him four years, Kirk Cousins is going to be more or less the same quarterback that Alex Smith is. Wait, how old did you say you thought Alex Smith was? He's going to be the same quarterback in four or five no, years. How old Smith did you is. guess Alex Smith's oh, age? 34 Which you... or 35. Uh, you were you, two for three. Alex Smith is 33. 33. Okay. Well, actually, with four years, it's the same age. I don't know why I did the math that wrong. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to sidetrack your point. No, it's okay. But I mean, I, I, if you look at their numbers, they're like the same guy. And Alex Smith has played on a much better team with a much better head coach, with a much better like running game and everything. But like nothing has Kirk Cousins hasn't shown that he's Jimmy Garoppolo. He hasn't gone out there and won games, which is, is which is the other thing. I mean, okay, I, I'm, I'm he's never on, on that one. Yeah, because I remember winning a pretty big game. Like, I specifically remember him winning that big game against the Seahawks at the Seahawks, where he, like, single handedly won that game in the fourth quarter. And Garoppolo hasn't won, won anything like, more important than regular that game. season games. Yeah. I, I missed everything you guys just said. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to <laughs> Conveniently, the Wi Fi. For the first time in, like, an hour and a half of recording. Oh, oh, like, oh no. It's, sorry. it's been going on. It went the whole NBA talk. It would like cut out, and then I would get like <laughs> ten minutes of Cooper talking in twenty seconds. <laughs> John just, basically is listening to the podcast on two x speed. Yeah, all uh, the time. I, would, I would say like three point five x conservatively. I mean, if okay, if I'm the Broncos, <laughs> the Jets, or like the Browns, I'm I think laughing at what the Redskins just did. Well, that's what. I, so I was going to ask, where does Cousins go? Like, where's the best destination for Kirk Cousins now? Then. Tell you he does not go to the Browns because he cannot make the Browns winners. I think if you can't win with the Redskins, you can't win with the Browns. That's just a fact. I want him to go to the Browns. And I think part of him wants him to go to the Browns. I think part of him wants to go to the Broncos or to Jacksonville. Because <laughs> part of him knows if he goes to the Broncos or Jacksonville. Jacksonville already came out and said they're going to play the third best quarterback in the league next year, which is Blake Bortles. Um, but, well, I know. I'm saying if if I were him and I were choosing, I would go to one of those two places. But the yeah, Jaguars I mean, have Den- Denver's intriguing. Portal. But I think Kirk Cousins knows that everyone doubts him, like John, and he kind of wants to prove it to those people. I don't doubt him. He's just Specifically not- John. Um, and I can see him totally going to the Browns for that reason. I mean, if I were the Browns front office, I would offer to pay Kirk Cousins a ton of money. Because I need a quarterback. And so I would probably, if I were the Browns, I'd make him the highest paid quarterback in the history of football. I think it's a ridiculous thing to do. You do that You do that for Andrew Luck or for Peyton Manning, a guy who single-handedly well, makes Andrew the Luck doesn't have him. a shoulder. He doesn't have a shoulder right now. Yeah, but- we don't know that that's not the reason Josh McDaniels balked at Indy. That he right. just like found out. I, I don't think it's true because I think he probably would have found out that before. But there's a chance the- Andrew Luck, his shoulders just shreds. Yeah. But it's like the team with Andrew Luck and the team without him, it's the same thing as the Colts with Peyton Manning and without him. Without Peyton Manning, they won three games. With Peyton Manning, they they won their division and they were contenders. Same thing with Andrew Luck. They collapsed without him, but with him, they were good. And Kirk Cousins is, has played for an NFL team. He's played for a team that had Deshaun Jackson for a couple seasons and had some guys, and then for whatever reason, they decided to ship them all down the river. 
Tampa. Like they they traded like five guys to Tampa and got nothing back, which is just bizarre. But like he he's not the guy that you bring in there to win the whole game. Just like Andy Dalton's not the guy that you bring in there to win the whole game. And I don't know, maybe not maybe Carson Wentz isn't the guy that goes in there to win the whole game for you. Cooper just Cooper just did this like I'm so sorry, John. Yeah, I appreciate the points you're making, but the real show has been Cooper trying to take off his hoodie while not taking off his like, bul- gracious. his bulky headphones. Yeah. Woo! Very distracting. He's warm. Cooper got heated. D-Rubbing. Cooper, yeah, did you catch anything that what John said there? He was doing some Andy Dalton. Uh, I shaming. knew he made some. Yeah. So I did hear that part. I don't really mind it because I don't think Andy Dalton's the greatest quarterback in the history of the universe. I mean, I still want him to start for the Bengals, but whatever. He's Andy Dalton. I realize that. He's no Nick Foles. I'm sorry. The Wi-Fi cut out again, and I heard he's no, he's Andy Dalton. He's no Nick Foles. And that was the gist of my gist of it. Yep. <laughs> okay. I okay. Well, so what like the the four best guys in the league? You put them on the team, and they win with garbage, like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, and I don't know Andrew Luck when he has a shoulder. And I just don't think that Kirk Cousins, you put him on a team with garbage and he turns them into a division winner. I don't know why you think Andrew Luck is this like all-time great quarterback. He was like good for two seasons. made one AFC championship game. For for two seasons, he made the team around him better and then he he died and the team got horrible. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Mark Sanchez made two AFC championship games. Uh Uh-oh. All right. Are you still with us, John? John. What? You still with us? All right. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. All right. It's a good natural segue. We're gonna wrap up before we wrap up with our last segment. We're gonna do a quick conversation on college football recruiting because, of course, um, apparently National Signing Day was yesterday, and I thought National Signing Day was like six months ago. Are there multiple National Signing Days? You guys are more connected to the recruiting game than I am. All right, I'll, I'll field it. So there is an early signing period, which happens in December. That's brand new this year, uh, which means that commits can you know sign their letter of intent early instead of waiting until February, uh, which means National Signing Day this year was kind of – it was mellow. There weren't as many high-profile recruits to worry about. So, yeah, there oh, two. Good. Thank goodness. Okay. Well, yeah. anyway, there were enough that – it did make some news, and I did see that uh, Notre Dame was reported to have had a good day. Uh, I think they finished with the number nine class by some rankings, and these rankings are all entirely subjective, so take that for what you will. Uh, but in the spirit of sub- subjectivity, we're going to do a segment called One Up, One Down, which we've done. We haven't done this in a long time, actually. Um, but basically, we're going to go through uh, each of us and give one up and one down from National Signing Day. Uh We've got our ear to the ground with the uh, the high school football scenes across America. So uh, we're here to give you the latest and greatest on the recruiting trail. So, John, why don't we start with you? What is, we'll each do our ups. Maybe, no, let's do our downs. We'll finish with ups. I feel like this is always how we do this. <laughs> why not? We haven't done it in a bit. So, yeah, my down is um, – wait, is my down something that's trending down or something that I didn't like? Either. Yes. Both. Okay. A little rusty. All right, so something I didn't like because, you know, that's good to focus on. Relativism. It's up. It's everywhere. People are spouting it again. Wait, so you're down is that... You hear it oozing out of some of the nation's law. Hmm? What? 
<laughs> so what's down is John's Wi-Fi. <laughs> I can't hear what you're saying. Yep, exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. All right, so John, you're down is relativism. Relativism, it's yes. That it's up. What is my up? <laughs> oh, yeah, John- relativism <laughs> is up. So it's my down. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, John, we might we might be nearing the time where you need to go to audio only to conserve yeah, the bandwidth be. the bandwidth you're using. We'll just go ahead and do that now. All right, bye, John. Bye, bye, John's face, John's voice. You're still with us. Still here. Always, always, and forever. Uh, <laughs> Cooper, what about you? With your down? Oh no, I missed that pseudo like meta conversation that we almost just had about down being up and up being down. Um, my down was the state of Michigan. So Jim John Harbaugh, whatever his name is, followed up his horrible loss to South Carolina bowl game by having a really, really bad recruiting year. I think last year he, you know, Michigan had a very good recruiting season. They finished in the top five. Um, this year they were out of the, I think, top 20. And to make things even better, Alabama or Georgia, uh, no, some SEC school, stole one of Michigan's best recruits yesterday, which was awesome. Love it. All right, my down is uh, this is the one snippet of signing day I saw. The kid who picked Florida, he was like doing the whole press conference with the hats in front of him. He picked Florida. His mom was wearing a Tennessee hat and an Alabama sweater, and she just stood up in disgust and walked away <laughs> as soon as he picked like a live TV shot. She was like, nope. <laughs> uh, so my down is that kid because uh, – that poor kid. Yeah, I, 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 down. I did see the story ended happily. There was a picture of him and his mom like hugging afterwards, and she, I guess, she she realized that she could in fact be happy that her son was going to be a Gator, even though I don't know how you're like a Tennessee and an Alabama fan at the same time. Just very confused, but uh, that's my down. Uh, and my up, we'll snake it back around. Uh, my my other down, just in general, is people who uh, tweet at high school recruits. Don't. Just a PSA. Anyway, uh, my up is Notre Dame, like I said, because I heard that they did have a good day of recruiting and got some guys who were planning to go elsewhere to decide they wanted to come to Notre Dame. I heard, John, Cooper, you could probably confirm this, that we particularly had a good day with defensive backs. Defensive backs and wide receivers. Awesome. Skill positions. I love it. Uh, So that's an up. And then my other up is Herm Edwards. He's the new coach at uh, Arizona State. Which is kind of a head scratcher, I think, for a lot of people. He hasn't coached the NFL in over a decade. Now he's going to coach college, but I imagine Herm Edwards is a very, very good recruiter. Like when you get him in the living room, I bet he he really wins over some some parents and talks about turning grit. boys into men and grit and hard work and um, doesn't really talk a lot about scheme and uh, football strategy, but that's okay. My concern with Herm Edwards would be that, like, you have to send an assistant with him because you would just get going and probably just continue to get louder. And so the assistant's there to just like shake him a bit and get him to reset and come back down to earth. Because like, if if he if he starts rolling, that kid's never leaving that house again. He's just gonna be like gritted and and you know lunch pail guy and just do your job until the end of the uh, till the end. Or Herm's just never leaving the house. Yeah. Like, wasn't that a Jim Harbaugh story that Jim Harbaugh, like, uh, slept on a recruit's floor? Yeah. Yeah. 
How is there not an NCAA violation? Weirdo. Okay. Actually, that can like, that lead into my second. Yeah. That, come on, perfect. Yeah. Toss so one of my one of my five ups because I'm not sticking to the rules here. All the rules is pedophilia is up because oh, there are some really creepy things that are done on National Signing Day, like really creepy things that should not ever be acceptable ever, like. Nat, like broadcasting on TV the decisions of where kids are going to school because it doesn't matter that much. Or Urban Meyer like fist pumping when he signs a 285-pound offensive tackle. Or Jim Harbaugh sleeping in someone's bedroom. Like, that's weird. That's weird. Okay? Or Dabo Sweeney telling lies to children to get them to come to their school. Um, so I don't think these... It, it's up and it's acceptable now. Um but soon it will be unacceptable again. And I like that. I'm actually going to like push back on you a little bit because I think the practice of recruiting itself, not weird. Like weird. a coach, no. What, the extent like a coach, that, okay, sure. But the extent to which they go is weird. No, I, I, first of all, I think, yes, some coaches do lie, but I think coaches are also like at that level, honest with kids, like they're not interested in them unless they believe that they can impact the program. Cause quite frankly, they would be better spent. Like they have such little time. They're going to spend it with guys they think are valuable. So I don't think they're necessarily like lying to these kids overtly. I think it's the coverage that it gets. That is a little. I, yes. The coverage big, is big, but I also think about how many times these, yes, coaches are only interested in kids um, that can benefit their teams. But at the same time, I don't know if they're very interested in the, what is at the best interest for these students. Oh, that's fair. Because I mean, they're they're self interest. Yeah, they're so self interested, and I just I think that gets pushed under the rug. Anyways, my two other ups. One uh, is nonsense nonsensical smack talk because fans love to smack talk each other about recruits that they know nothing about, who they've never seen play, but we love to do this. Like Ohio State yesterday decided to make it a story that they were super pumped about this offensive tackle who signed with them because they didn't get the number one offensive tackle in Ohio and said they got the number one offensive tackle in the country. And so it wasn't that big of a deal, but it's a pretty big deal to lose like the top recruit in the state. Um, so lying is up. And then lastly, on a serious note, uh, Georgia is very up. And I think the fact that Georgia you know, had a good recruiting year. If they can do that consistently, that is really scary because uh, Georgia produces a lot of high school football talent. And if they lock that state down, it's it's pretty scary for the rest of the country. Okay, John, what's your up from National Signing Day? Um, that it's over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my up. It's bizarre that they decided that... Um, Actually, it's not bizarre. So, like, they decided to move National Signing Day up to December, so that you, or you a fire your coaches, or b they leave the program. So that's just more of Mark Emmer defrauding kids out of their education and their hopes and dreams. So I hope he enjoys that um, and that he's having fun. All right. On that note, let's finish up this marathon session of podcasting. I think we're going on two hours now. Again, this is broken into two episodes. Check out the first one, Super Bowl special. And then we will wrap this one up with our waste of data. And uh, John, I think you've got some some hot ones coming in. So why don't you start? Yeah, I mean, my waste of data is pretty darn predictable. It's the same waste of data that pretty much everyone from in and around Philadelphia and who's an Eagles fan has been 
using. And it's my wisdom date is the people that said Philly would lose against the Falcons and against the Vikings and against the Patriots. Everyone who said that the Eagles in general were garbage and once that they'd be garbage this season. Um, people that said Nick Foles for, couldn't be the MVP of the Super Bowl or like people that were actively trying to get someone else to be the MVP when any other quarterback who threw for 300 yards on the Super Bowl and won the game would be the Super Bowl MVP. That was just obnoxious and disingenuous and idiotic. People that just can't accept that Nick Foles can be good at football on occasion. People saying that the Eagles should trade Nick Foles because he might just be happy being where he is. And he's actually under contract, so he doesn't get to leave anyway. And people who thought Doug Peterson, because Doug Peterson hadn't coached three other NFL teams and been fired for you know five times before he became a head coach, that he couldn't be a head coach. Um, that's silly. Uh, Pete Carroll's a scumbag. All right. <laughs> I wonder how it? many of those yeah. categories I fit into. I felt like several, at least a yeah. couple. Okay. My turn, because I'm assuming you want to close the show. Uh, no, I'll let you close it. I'll go. I'll go. Mine's very brief. Okay. Uh, mine is the one person that created the GIF uh, photoshopping the Lombardi Trophy into the pass that Tom Brady could not catch. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Can that we find? So I'm tweeting good. that out. <laughs> please, you, don't. Have, please, have don't. Cause, no, please don't. Please don't. No, please don't. I, there weren't a lot of moments where I was like really bummed and like felt a little like just like ganged up on by the internet because like, I, like I said, I in the Super Bowl episode, I was like pretty at peace with it. Seeing that one stung, <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to be mean to enjoy you find it, the Super Bowl. No, this is my new just... like life goals to find this meme. I'll, you know, I'll find it for you. I'll, I'll find I it for you. Did it? Is Bleacher Report or SB Nation? Oh, perfect. Then it's Bleacher Report. I'm going to blame them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cooper, you go ahead. All right. So my uh, waste of data is draft coverage experts because that's now becoming a – I mean, that's all we're going to talk about for the next two months um, is the NFL draft and how that's all panning out. And we're now at the point uh, where NFL draft coverage experts like Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay and – um, Matt Miller and all those blokes get to decide on uh, who each team drafts because in reality I think they shape the draft probably more than the NFL teams actually shape the draft and so please don't do it this is like a plea draft experts please don't have in your mock drafts the Browns picking Sam Darnold because I just don't think it's good for them and as an Ohioan I don't root for the Browns I root for the Bengals but it, it is sad to watch the Browns implode as much as they are imploding. And Sam Darnold doesn't need to be added to that quarterback jersey list. So just keep away from mocking that draft and doing Sam Darnold number one because it it's ridiculous. And it's going to happen because they're all doing it. And now the Browns are going to have to draft Sam Darnold. And it just stinks. Well, we're going to do our part to fight that fight for Sam Darnold with our mock draft one, two, two point. 2.2 2 point repeating <laughs> three repeating yeah yeah all right that is the show thank you guys for tuning in to episode 47 of all the small takes hit us up on social media cooper's taking it over and he's doing a good job so far he 
he's very active. He's increasing our followers. He's reaching out. So reach out to him. Let us know what you think of the show. Give us ideas. Give us feedback. Uh, tell a friend. Leave a review. Uh, yeah, we really appreciate you guys listening. This has been actually a year of all the small takes uh, as of this recording. Just about a year. Um, it's been a ton of fun for us. I think I speak for all of us in saying that. And uh, we hope to we hope to keep doing it. So. Until the next time. Go.